No, I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure the empty chair was for Noel Clark. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, hello everyone, welcome back to the Thomas Podcast after about... And that's all we've got time for. Yeah, <laughs> That's all we've got time for. Uh, welcome back to the only show that actually uh, could have outlasted Liz Truss if I didn't post a podcast quickly into days into her reign. But anyway, I am joined with John Oshan, who is new, and Hello. Beef. Hello. How, how are we doing? And we're here to discuss, obviously, the power of the Doctor and all things with that. New Doctor Who means a return to the show and hopefully back to being weekly. Uh, we'll see. But guys, first, obviously, big episodes, not only Jodie's Regeneration, um, but the BBC Centenary special. And obviously this time as well, there was a lot more confusion going on with Regeneration and what we were going to see, who was going to show up. We really had no idea. And because it's Chibnall who, it literally could have been anyone because spoilers are very sparse, um, unless you're on iPlayer, not iPlayer, Apple Store, and you can just see an image of the Regeneration a week before it's meant to go out. And you flew in in German. Yes. Well, I, apparently the whole episode didn't leak, though. It was just that image. But I could be a mistake. Wait, was that, that actually... Well, the whole <laughs> regeneration was just on... There was an image of Jodie on the cliff edge with the regeneration. Yeah, on, on, on Apple iStore, there was a, there was literally a thing with, like, buy this now, and the image was the regeneration on the clifftop. Oh, my word. Um, but, yeah, guys, let's... How, how are we all? First of all, it's been a while, so I'll go around the room, because, obviously, we, we've not done a show in a while. So, John, how, how, how are we? We good? I'm a maelstrom of emotions, Alex. Um, I'm on my third prime minister in the last two months. I'm on my second monarch in the last two months. Um, we're probably on about our sixth Watford manager. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 a maelstrom of emotions, um, as as shall be covered. Um, yeah, I'm I'm good. I actually had a week off last week. Um, to sort of prepare myself for last night's episode. Um, I woke up this morning and realised I probably should have had this week off instead. Yeah. Um, that Watford thing really threw me away, but I think you you could be right, to be honest. Uh, they're, in, they're in a bit of, bit of shit. Beef, my friends. Hello. Um, how is the world of beef? If, yeah. If that is such a question. It, it's, it's extremely, it's extremely chill. I'm on, um, as opposed to John having several high numbers, I'm on my first drink of the evening. So I'm just relaxed. Um, this is uncharted territory for you, really. It's, it's a Monday um, as of recording currently. And yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everything's good, mate. Do you know what I mean? We, we we had an episode of a television program yesterday, and that was it. We did, it, yeah, it, indeed. It, it is Monday. It is also the Festival of Light. So happy Diwali to all of our listeners. And if you hear any fireworks in the background, um, that's what that is. Yes, and also uh, welcome to the show, Oshan, who has never been on it. Um, how are you doing? Oh. Uh, well, obviously, just to give you an introduction, I know Oshan. We go to uni together we're in the same class. Yeah. Yes. That's how it goes. But how are you, my friend? Do you want to, do you want to have I'm a little chat? I'm actually very excited to be on the pods. Um, and I think it's a very good episode to discuss. A lot yeah. going on. So, yeah. I was, I was, I was worried. Uh, if you, if we are have had many a discussion about Doctor Who, we don't. I wouldn't say we disagree on everything, but specifically no. this era, there's been That's a lot of. We're, we're very good though. We rarely shout at each other, but there was a lot of not seeing eye to eye on something. Yeah, things, that like, is a good you know, point. Yeah, knowing yeah, your yeah. opinions, Alex, that's a good thing. Uh, yes. Um, but hopefully, this you know it's going to be an interesting discussion. Um, I'm not going to do it before we get into it. How are you, Alex? Because you always ask us, and we never ask Max. So it's it's, um, it's all 
I, I, I've decided to, you know, the relaunch podcast to, to see how you are. I'm good. Um, I'm happy I took a break. I think it's always necessary. I think when you do uh, a lot of things week to week, and I think it's I think the thing with the reason I took most of the gaps is because in the summer nothing new was coming out. Uh, I think that's always the more fun podcast to do. Really, uh, like I loved I love doing like the Bond stuff, but I think when you're in a rotation consistently of just backlog it can sort of take the spice out of it a little bit like it's always fun when a new episode of Doctor Who comes out or a new Marvel film comes out for example and there was a bit of time where that none of that was happening and I didn't want to talk about She-Hulk for the first few weeks I found it boring um so and you didn't fancy doing a podcast about the the Queen's funeral or anything like that (laughs) I know I didn't want a live stream reaction to the Queen's funeral no um but no I'm okay um you know a lot of interesting things coming up um in the future which can be exciting we got we've got LCC coming up um, it's going to be fun uh, lots of things happening that weekend a new vlog will be out because I'm actually doing stuff at LCC this time rather than just nothing like I did in the summer which is why there was no vlog so you'll get a vlog this time but no, I'm like, good mate I'd like to use my commentary for your blog again because I, I know I know that the oh, one LCC but... winter or spring uh, that went down a storm yeah I wonder how many other politicians will be cosplayed uh, this, this time around Eddie Liz Truss I mean, your Tories do always dress a little bit funny, so you you never know that there could be a few knocking around. I mean, exactly. I've, I've seen Boris's before. I'm sure there was a Boris knocking around when we were at LCC Spring, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, I think there yeah. was. There was. Yeah, that's a, I've seen Boris's before, and and you know, I I I saw somebody cosplaying President Bartlett. Oh no, that was actually Martin Sheen. Um, but, but it's. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we might get we might get some trusty uh, might get some trusty cosplayers. Um, you know, we 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 could get some dishy rishy cosplayers. Yep. We might get more Boris's. Who knows? It's, it's, it's literally like the Watford managers. It's an open pool of different people that you want to go to now. I'm going to say this: the only difference is that unlike the Watford managers, they're all cunts. Exactly, I couldn't care. Um, right, I'm going to say this from the off. Uh, spoilers ahoy! So if you don't like spoilers, and somehow you've avoided them, and you want to listen to this, uh, sorry, go watch the episode first because. And there, are there any story. places where it's not been broadcast now? I don't think there is. Um, I mean, I mean, to be fair, spoilers ahoy! Anybody that's watching this on YouTube has literally like fucked <laughs> already. Yeah. yeah, or yeah, <laughs> or or, or, uh, or be pointed out, or if people, or if be pointed out earlier, if you live in Germany. So, um, anyway, we're going to get into this. I'm not going to do a plot. I'm not going to get John to do a you know plot breakdown this one because he would be here for a decade and a half. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, gonna... can, I, I can do a really quick one if you want me to. Yeah, sure. I, 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 okay. okay, so we've got a bullet train. Uh, Got a bullet train going through space, uh, which is attacked by Cybermen, which turn out to be Cybermasters. Um, they are essentially attacking it in order to get the cargo. When they get the cargo open, it's uh, a little, little child in there that the um, that the Cybermen uh, kidnap. Um, back on Earth, uh, Dan basically decides to pull a bit of a Tegan and goes, no, I've had enough. I need to sort my life out because he nearly dies during the uh, bullet train thing. Uh, meanwhile... Uh, Ace is in an art gallery. There is not a curator. It is not Tom Baker. It is not Bill Nye. It's just Ace and a rather tall woman. Um, And Ace asks where the picture that she's looking at, which is now a blank space, has gone to. And I say, oh, that's been restored. And she went, well, that was restored about two months ago, wasn't it? 
And they say, um, oh, yeah. Asia's too much time on her hands. It needed some more restoration. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry if there was, well, I mean, we'll get, we'll get on to my views on the characterization of this ace. Um, mm. But yes, apparently it turns out that there are about 15 pictures that have gone missing. She gets on the phone to one of her besties and call blimey rabbits. It's Tegan Javanka. Tegan Javanka is in Romania. She's trying to find out where seismologists have disappeared to. Uh, we then go back to 1916 Russia and the Winter Palace. Rasputin has been called to see the Tsar and the Tsarina, but <gasps> holy fuck, it's not Rasputin. It's the master. Uh, kids, I know you're all historians, I know you all study your history, you'd all be well aware that 1916 is actually the year that Rasputin died, which could time explains a lot. So yeah, the Masters kind of hypnotised the Tsar and the Tsarina. He sends them packing with the, the little baby kitty Tsar who's got haemophilia because that's what happens when you shake cousins. Um, <laughs> it is! Um... Well, it's one of the things, along with, <laughs> along with like your toes and fingers and web bit and stuff. Um, that's why they call it the royal disease. It was, you know, it, it was all, all related to interbreeding, all related to interbreeding. Um, so, yeah, he packs them off. Uh, the doctor then comes down to uh, Earth and goes to see Unit, but not before she sees a hologram of the Dalek in the TARDIS, which tells her, come and have a meeting. But she goes, yeah, I'm not going to do that quite yet. Goes to the unit, meets Kate Stewart. Kate goes, got a couple of mates of yours that are working for us. And it's Tegan and Ace, and they're there in the unit HQ. Um, and it's all a little bit awkward because they're like, where the fuck have you been for 30, 40 years? Um, and the doctor's giving off a bit of static. And because it's a chip grip, it says, oh, you can give me a bit of static. Um, so then... Um, <laughs> It turns out that the seismologists are all disappearing and the portraits have all gone missing because they've all had Rasputin's face stuck on them, except it's not Rasputin's face, it's the Master's. And they're like, oh, what's going on here? And then the Master turns up on screen. He goes, hello, this is my little plan. Well, um, shit is memes. Yeah. yeah please, 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 come and, uh, please come and arrest me. So they go to Russia. Um, they do indeed... Um, take him away, haha. They take him back to unit headquarters. They take him down into the basement. But of course, it's a trap because it's the master. And he's actually left a little cyber dolly upstairs that he gets to Tegan. And that results in the cyber dolly growing big and being a cyber Russian dolly and loads of cybermen coming out and the cybermen taking over unit headquarters. With, bang, bang. with Kate. Tegan and Ace inside. Meanwhile, there's a massive, great big fuck off metal planet somewhere in space, just outside of the Earth. For um, reasons. And the uh, the child and the child is tethered to the planet. We know this because uh, Mr. Tupinall's very helpful script says the child's tethered to the planet. Um, um, why? Who knows? Maybe we'll find out at some point. Uh, the Cybermen turn up there. Our old friend Vinder crashes the spaceship onto it. Um, back down on Earth, it's all going a bit tits up. Ace jumps off of the roof with a parachute that she's buried in the unit headquarters. Ashard, shooty, shooty, shooty. Not shooty, but shooty with a shooty. Shooty, shooty, yeah. shooty bang, bang. <laughs> 
shooty 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 bang bang not shooty shooty gout while we might come on to that um shooty bang bang through the windows splits ace's parachute oh no ace is going to fall to her death but no tardis lands door open ace falls through the tardis door into the tardis looks at yaz and goes how the fuck are you able to do that they never let me fly it um because of course every single companion has to be jealous of other companions it's the way that it works um you know, it's why you never have a party with all of your exes. Um, and they decide to go and drop um, Ace off on a planet with volcanoes and Daleks, uh, where Ace meets Graham. Um, and they have a bit of cockney bants between the two of them and then decide to go off and kill some Daleks with Nitro 9 and shit like that. Um, meanwhile, Tegan is in unit headquarters. She's trying to resolve the whole sort of situation. And the Doctor is still in Russia with the Master where he's trying to force a regeneration because um, he's got the big planet and Cybermen and Daleks working with him. And for reasons, that all means that he can force a regeneration. So he's got like two booths and it's a bit like um, it's a bit like the Jeff Goldblum film, The Fly, but with like less. It's, it's a bit like Cyber. Naked Attraction. <laughs> Oh please! <laughs> with, with, with with what the the view? What with who? Does oh, this oh, no, 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 not that image. Um, no. And anyway, he succeeds. He forces a regeneration. He he overtakes the Doctor's body. Um, he then goes into the TARDIS and he comes out in like a hodgepodge of costumes, which everybody's going to be cosplaying from now on. Um, and it's all a bit mental, really. Yeah. Um, so then they now have to try to work out a way to degenerate the doctor um, but when all the sparks were going off and she was giving people static because we know that because they're saying oh he gave me static um, she was actually implanting little hologram things in people so though she's regenerated she's turning up as a hologram and giving people a bit of guidance along the way the actual doctor herself finds herself next to a telegraph pole on the side of a cliff. Because, yeah, of course you put telegraph poles on the side of a cliff. If there's one place that you really need a fucking landline telephone, it's the side of a cliff with no fucking houses and buildings or phone boxes anywhere near it. But, um, so yeah, she's a telegraph pole on the side of the cliff. And somebody goes, well, hello, and it's David Bradley. And then it's Colin Baker. And then it's Peter Davison. And then it's Sylvester McCoy. And then it's Paul McGann. And they're all there in his previous incarnations. And it's fucking brilliant. And they say, this bus stop shit. And then, <laughs> yeah, and, and Colin, Colin literally goes, I missed my flight and there's no bus. I guess I'm stuck here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck right here. And there's not even a fucking Greg's anywhere in sight. Um, <laughs> Before we continue, do we know if you got back all right now? Um, I'm assuming you got I've, back to the hotel. I, I've, 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 heard, I've heard it was resolved. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 that yeah, so like literally worst place for a telegraph pole anywhere. Um, and yet there's like six incarnations of the doctor all sitting around the telegraph pole. Um, there's probably a phone box joke there somewhere, but I didn't have time to think of one because it was all a bit madcap. Um, anyway, back at unit headquarters, um, hologram doctor then appears with Tegan and then appears as hologram fifth doctor and. I'm not going to say any more about that because there's a bit of a lump in my throat. 
And then Hologram Doctor appears with Ace, and it's Hologram Seventh Doctor. And I'm not going to say anything more about that because it's a bit of a lump in my throat. And anyway, um, Kate has been taken by the Cybermen. She's struck a deal to release all the unit soldiers so that they can convert her. Of course, she's just buying fucking time. Tegan unplugs the um, Wi-Fi. The, the Wi-Fi. She, re- restart, she yeah. restarts the router. Yeah. Tegan unplugs the regeneration, the, 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 the conversion thing, and fucks them all over. Um, absolutely. Um, back in Russia... Yaz and the master are like, you know, the master's like, I've got you now. We're surrounded by Cybermen. And she goes, you haven't counted on her. And the fugitive doctor walks in, except um, it's a hologram of the fugitive doctor, except the Cybermen are fucking stupid and they don't realise it is, so they all shoot each other. <laughs> but because they're Cybermasters, they're full of regeneration energy and the regeneration energy goes back into the machine. It degenerates the doctor and she reappears, and then it all gets a bit mad, and the unit headquarters blows up, and somehow we get into a situation where in the TARDIS we've got Yaz, we've got Vinda, we've got Graham, we've got Kate, we've got Ace, we've got Tegan, we've got the Doctor, and it's all fucking mental. And she sits there and goes, oh, we've got these volcanoes that are all exploding, and we've got this planet that's there for no reason with a severed child and a Kravix, a cra- 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 whatever that thing, a Kravis? Kravis? Yeah, a Big glowing thing. Yeah, it's called a Kravisk, I think. But it's a big glowing energy bolt that she says, I've never seen one like that before, but it looks... But it looked like that. Yeah, it looked, it looked a bit like fucking Mandragora, to be honest. Um, you know, so, so she has come across one before. She just forgot about it. Um, and then she goes, oh, I know what I can do. I can reverse things and f- fill up the volcanoes with steel from this planet Terrible. and turn them into works of art. And it's beautiful. And then she goes to release the crevice, which is good. It rhymes. It could be like a catchphrase from a game show or something. Release the crevice. <laughs> release the crevice. It's something that I know a few people that probably do that on a Friday night. Oh. the crevice oh. um, and the crevice is explored but um anyway so she goes to release the crevice and there's a beam of energy coming down to release onto the planet but the master is not quite dead yet and he goes hold up a second clicks a button on his little metal thing and the beam of the crevice hits the doctor and Yaz walks out of the TARDIS and picks her up and takes her back into the TARDIS. And then the Doctor wakes up in the TARDIS and she goes, where is everyone? And Yaz is like, I took them all home. Well, I took them to Croydon. Which, I mean, it's probably more dangerous than a fucking planet with a crevice and a master on it. To be honest, I've been to Croydon. You know, you took them to the one place where you can't actually walk into a cab office and get a cab. You've got to phone them up so that you don't rob the tabs. Um... You know, she, she took them to the one place that you don't get Jehovah's Witnesses, you get Jehovah's bystanders. Um, and so it's just the doctor and Yaz, and it's quite clear that something ain't right, and that the doctor knows that she's kind of on her way out. 
And there's quite an emotional moment between the Doctor and Yaz, and she basically says, look, we're going to have one last date, and we're going to sit and eat ice cream. And they sit and eat ice cream, and they watch the planet while they eat ice cream. And then the Doctor says, I've got to do this last bit myself. And so she drops Yaz off. And when she drops Yaz off in the park, Yaz meets Dan and Graham, and they basically say, right, you're coming with us, love. And in what is one of the best moments in 59 years of this television show there's a big room with Dan and Graham and Yaz and they're talking to Ace and Tegan and then Mel's there and then Ian Chesterton's there and then Joe Grant's there and it's a room full of the people that are available on earth that have been companions of the Doctor and there's an empty chair and we go to a regeneration, which is intercut with moments of the companions talking to each other. And the doctor leaves the TARDIS and she goes to the edge of a cliff and she says, tag your it and regenerates. And then a new doctor arrives. And it's David Tennant, and he goes, I recognise these teeth. And he says, what, what, what? And your credits roll. I'd say, John, very well done. That was impeccable. Um, yeah, very, 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 but that's what we like, a nice, straightforward story. <laughs> I wouldn't like the piss. That took me about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that, was not, that was very good. That was, oh, um, no, that's not, not, not besmirching your retelling of the tale. It's just... Uh, I, would, I would challenge anyone to do that unprepared. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna open I'm gonna open the floor first. I'll ask you beef uh, this because obviously you've been on the show before and you have been critical of let's say you know not 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 hypercritical. You have given the show its praise when it's you you think it's legitimately yeah. deserved it. But um, for this Jodie's regeneration uh, centenary of the show, did it disappoint? Before you go into its actual quality and maybe the nitty gritty, did it disappoint? Did you get something out of this? I think. If I was honest, I went into this with very low expectations. And that's not being harsh. It's just, uh, yeah, I've been burned before. So, I and I, th- I think you've got to look at this in two different ways, because we had a chat last night about this, because it's, it's two things. It's an anniversary special, and it's a, a regeneration story. Um yeah, did I get stuff out of it? Yeah, it was good because there was fan service paid to it. Um, yeah, there was a regeneration, but the 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 story was. Um, I I still stand by. It. I still think the story is needlessly overcomplicated, exactly. and a mess. I think. When you do a rewatch, the 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 holes in the sweater get bigger, um, because you when you watch it on the initial rewatch, it's very fast paced and everything like that. So there's not time to catch it. It's just like oh oh, and then jump into everything like that. But there are a lot, I think, of flaws to it. Um, I think from the from the anniversary side, yes, it delivered. As an 
regeneration story and a culmination to a doctor's tenure. If I'm really honest about it, I feel it underdelivered. Cool. <clears throat> Um, Osh, let's go to you first. This first your opinion. So, uh, you um, can, by the way, I will say this is a safe space. You can be honest. We may we may disagree on certain things, but you know you yeah. can say whatever you like. I've certainly said a whole lot of shit on this show, so feel free to say well, whatever you want. Well, so I thing that happens here is I call you a cunt and ask you to answer. So, so I watched this episode twice. I watched it when obviously when it was aired, and then I watched it like an hour after because to process everything, and then I watched it again. Uh, the first time I watched it. Um, I I loved the last 10 minutes. I think the last 10 minutes are absolutely brilliant. Like even stuff that I don't really care too much about in this era. I just loved everything about it. Um, but I didn't really like it at all. But on the second rewatch, um, I liked a lot more things. It, but but I, I, I still have issues with the episode. Um, as like Beef said, um, I think that the, I think it's a very good anniversary. It, like it's a very good celebration episode for the BBC. I think it does a lot for the classic era for the show and all this and that. Um, but I think as a conclusion to Jodie's era, uh, I wanted more for Jodie, if that makes sense. But yeah, cool. so I think it did. Uh, I don't know. I had fun watching it. That's something. I, I'll give it to Jibnall. I actually had fun watching this episode. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I'll go next. I'll give John a little break because he spoke for a good, a good five to seven there. I, I'm going to say this. I saw the first time I watched it. I thought it was perfect. Uh, I watched it a second time. I thought it was even better. I watched it a third time. I still love it. it th- th- is this structurally... Well, I mean, point, of, point of order, you can't get better than perfect. I know. Somehow it did, though. Structurally, is this great? No. Is it flawed? Absolutely. Do I really care? No. Do I come from an emotional place where I love this era and kind of don't really give a shit? Yeah, I've seen The Time of the Doctor. Is that a good story? It's up for debate. Even Matt Smith kind of implied didn't like it, but I think that's probably the best regeneration story we've had. Um, yeah, I think, you know, when it comes to regeneration stories, you kind of care more about the ones where a doctor you love goes, uh, unless, you you know, yeah, I think that is kind of the weird land. Um, you know, like I don't really like end of time. Yet some tenant stands will tell me it's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, but it for me, yeah, this worked for me on on a level that I don't know. I d- I don't know if I could ever describe it in in a certain sense. It's first time I watched Doctor Who with with other people as well. So I was watching it with Gareth Ray around ninety seven. We usually pops on here a lot, and Adam. Um, and this era has obviously meant a lot to me as well because it's where I met this lovely lot of people um, and we've come together through this era of the show. So um, it means a lot to me just to see it go. And obviously we've, we've, Jody's been here since the pandemic and since I started uni. So this, a lot of things have happened since it started. So I've had a, a lot of connection to this. It's gone and very yeah, quick. It's gone yeah, very quick though. It works for me as, as a mega fan of the era and a fan of Doctor Who. It worked for me. Um, but I understand what people are saying. I'm not sat there going, oh, no, it is flawless. I just think for me, I if you asked on the entertainment scale, did I get a 10 out of 10 entertainment from it? Yeah, and I've seen it three times. So I, I don't know if it'll stick over time, but it did everything I wanted it to, to be honest. And now to you, John. I've watched this twice. I watched it last night. I watched it again earlier this evening uh, because I wanted to give it another go and kind of be sure of what I thought. I completely agree that as an anniversary special, um, although it's a BBC anniversary and not a Doctor Who anniversary, and we've got another anniversary coming next year, so it feels like a little bit of a fake anniversary. But as an anniversary special, 
it absolutely delivered. It gave exactly what we wanted. It gave the right kind of nods to classic era people. And it wasn't just about the cameos. There were some really lovely references in the scripts. And, you know, there, there were like little Easter eggs for long-term fans that wouldn't be jarring to people that weren't long-term fans. It was really beautiful in that aspect. In terms of a regeneration story, um, I come at this slightly differently because for me, a regeneration story, it's not even necessarily about telling a story. It's about celebrating an era and giving the outgoing doctor and or companion the opportunity to be celebrated and show what they can do. Generally speaking, one or two things happens with regeneration stories. You either get a 10 out of 10 Stone Cold classic, like Coves of Androzani, like The War Games, like Partner of the Waves, or you get something that's a bit shit. As you all know, I've not been the biggest fan of this era. I love Jodie. I think that she's brilliant. But I do have some quite serious issues with the way it's been written, the way it's been constructed. It's just been all over the place. I have to say, I thought that last night, from the perspective of celebrating Jodie, was almost perfect. It was one of her best performances in the role. I think it was Mandip Gill's best performance in five years on the show because she actually had something to do. It was a wonderful celebration of some of the best things from this era, i.e. Jodie, Sasha, the returning monsters that Chris has been really good with. In another way, it was also a perfect celebration of Chibnall because it made absolutely no sense and it was full of fucking exposition. But I don't care because I came out of this <coughs> with like a 90-minute emotional roller coaster and smiling all over my face because finally what I've wanted to see for four years, this wonderful actress be given something to do and actually be able to boss it and get a teeth into something, it's finally fucking happened. So, yeah. for me, loved it. Right. This is, gonna, this is one of the weirdest podcasts to do, because I don't know where to jump in. Um, <clears throat> right, I think we'll leave, we'll leave all the cool cameos and stuff to the end. Let's talk about the story first, um, because I think there might be some tears when it comes to cameos and stuff like that and certain moments, and there might be some emotions flying. So we'll save that towards the end of the pod. Um, right. For me, uh, the story, uh, does it make much sense? Is it a bit confusing? Yeah. Um, essentially the one's timeline is still a bit confusing to me within this. Um, but, um, I'm going to say this, this sentence might make absolutely no fucking sense. Uh, it might be a bit confusing, but he does such a good job that I genuinely don't care. I think he's so good in this that I don't care what kind of order this kind of fits within his timeline. I have my own head cannon. Um, but let's talk about the master's plot, which people have said is overcomplicated, and I will grant you that. It is a bit sort of, you have to keep up, otherwise you just could get lost. Um, but like John said, I think it's a fun plot, which is kind of nice in the Chibnall era to have fun with a plot and go, this is batshit, but I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing on screen. Um, so what do we make of uh, Dewan's plan of, of, of becoming the Doctor, literally? 
Do are we a fan of that? I mean, it's it's very much harks back to Ainley, doesn't it? You know, that was always the Ainley thing. It was like, I'm gonna steal your regenerations. Um, so it, it worked. It worked for me because it was very much a sort of master thing to do. You know, it takes you back to Pratt and Beavers and 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 Ainley. Yeah. What about you guys? Um, Oshan, what did you think? Because I know I think this might be where your contention lies. Oh, it could be wrong though. I don't know. I I'm not gonna lie. I the master stuff in this episode. I was really intrigued because I, I I've never really been a big fan of Sasha Stewart. Isn't it's not the not been a big fan of him. I think he's a great actor, um, and I think he does deliver like a kind of he rolls on the old classic masters. But um, I just think that the episodes he's been, um, even though Spyfall, I think I I did kind of enjoy. He um, he's not really hit me like that. But in this episode, I think it was I think it was very good. And I think that his plot um, was a concept that I think was interesting and landed. I think it was wild. It was fucking crazy, but uh, I still, I kind of, that's the stuff I wanted to see. I would have kept everything else. I was like, I don't really want to, like, I want to continue with this sort of stuff. But yeah. yeah. What about you, Beef? Um, yeah, look, Dewan's crazy and choose the scenery and everything like that. I like that. I, I like the wild and unpredictable side that you can't do. Um, it's weird because the thing is that one season that we've had, the master just basically saying, I hate you and everything like that. And I'm going to, you know, torment you about the timeless child. And like, you can't talk about this without addressing it. And then that if that's an overarching thing of the master's part of the master's motivation up, you know, up until where we get to now, and there's no resolution to that, that does throw it up. Um, I don't understand why he had to be caught and put into the base unit because the Cybermen were already there. So they did sort of, they didn't need him to have him there. Uh, my, my point of contention would be the master likes a showboat. He likes to showboat, especially towards unit. We get that brilliant line from Darwin where he says to Kate Stewart, your dad was an idiot, which is I'm going to say it's tremendous. It's it's the biggest dickhead thing you can say, especially to a John Pertwee era fan or any classic new fan. Um, but it was a tremendously given line. I'm also a big fan of the line, darling, I don't have the room service menu. Um, I don't know why every time I watch the episode, it just makes me crack up. No, I think the master likes a showboat. And I think that's the, I think the master never follows a plan that always would make the most logistical sense because he likes to be the loudest person in the room. What, what would I have liked dramatically? I would have liked more interplay between the doctor and the master because if you go back to the timeless child and one of the fair criticisms of that was that it was a lot of the master and Sasha Dewan doing the heavy lifting and the acting on that he was acting at her and there was not very much coming back from uh, the doctor there wasn't much of that in evidence in that episode last night and there's there's one basic line that when it's her and Yaz in the TARDIS and it was like him and me used to be friends and it's sort of like well where's the second sentence that comes after that it would have been nice to have had that viewpoint of how the doctor viewed the relationship with the master 
Um, so, I mean, with regards to that, it's sort of, yeah, okay, we're going to do a degeneration thing. I, I think it's just, um, it's it's giving master, the master a bit of a run, but it's sort of taking Joe, it's doing it at the expense of taking Jody out of the story in actually doing stuff. I don't, I don't entirely agree with that one, mate. I'm going to ask. Why was the master Rasputin? Like, what does the master being Rasputin play into the story? After, like, why did he have to be in that room? Like, what was that all about? We get a like, banging, we get a banging dance, yeah, mate. That's okay, the, uh, the banging dance, I get it. But like, what was the like? Why? Why then? Why that time? Why him? Uh, like, did we never get vibes a... in it? Um, no, um, I, 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 I think it might have something to do with the correlation of. Of of where everything is because there was like the wormhole or something wasn't it, that opened up that powered it and things and the planet was specifically there in that year or something I don't I particularly I don't really know mate I'm honest I don't know that's with me being silly I don't know if I John mean, can it's, it's yeah I mean the, there's no explanation for it so all, you, all you'd really need to do hypothesize what I would suggest is that having it kind of pre-1950s would mean that there isn't a unit there isn't a so there's nothing there that's going to detect what this actual planet in the sky is i think for the first time i actually needed exposition from chibnall to explain why yeah why he was there my my yeah my 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 supposition would be that they've taken it kind of pre-1950s, 1960s, because, you know, nobody can send a rocket up to fucking investigate this yeah. or whatever. Bit, yeah. um, and I think they've taken it back to 1916 because obviously Rasputin's an interesting historical figure. And from a narrative perspective, it makes it interesting to have the master as Rasputin. Um, yeah. It's not, you know, it's, I mean, it's not kind of the first time that he's, inserted himself into kind of gentry or into high society you know he, he did it in atlantis and the sign monster he did it in the king's demons you know so, so it is a little bit of a thing that the master's done in the past where he's kind of i mean okay this is the first time he's done it in established history but it's 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 something that um he has got a little habit of doing just put, pushing himself into high society and playing with people yeah, even I suppose you can even say last of time Lord Utopia. That's what even you know, yeah. so, like he becomes yeah, a new yeah, person. Yeah, but... he was like a prime minister at some point. He, he, so he loves that power, and it you know with Rasputin, it could just be that craze for power that's led him to do it. Point. Yeah, I've got to give kudos to Dewan though. I think in this, I've given kudos to a lot of people that are in the cast in this one, um, but I think he's especially has. A very, I'm going to say strange point. I don't mean that in a bad way, I mean that in the best way possible because there's so many layers to it. You have the evil side of it, but you also have the moments where you can see his soul a little bit. Like when he's degenerating, he says, Don't let me go back to being me. And it sort of it opens up the master's character a bit. It goes, the master wanted to be better in a weird way. The master wanted to feel like the doctor, wanted to feel like the hero, wanted to be good, which opens up that entire can of worms. And it's a side that you can you can sort of read into Dewan's performance a little bit and eat the master all the time. And we sort of miss E as well. Um, and I think I think it was a, a great 
performance overall. Um, I've, I've, I've made no secret that I think he is up there with Gomez for me as the, the, the best master of the modern series. Um, and I, I think overall, if there's one thing that I'd love to continue on, I don't think he will, but if there's one thing I'd love to continue on post uh, RTD from this era, it would be, I wouldn't mind seeing him pop up again. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. You know, um, well, let's let's get into some fun, shall we? The unit stuff, the lovely new unit building. No, oh, wasn't it nice while it lasted? Um, really cool to see Kate Stewart doing something. Yeah, exactly. At least she did stuff this time. It was kind of like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she wasn't just there. Uh, obviously, this is where we get our lead into Teague and an ace, Sophie Aldridge and Janet Fielding back again, both of them in, in, a, in a big role as well. So we knew that they were, they were the two front runners, but we didn't know whether that was because they get introduced early, so it was easier to introduce them, or whether they are just the main two. And it turns out, yes, they are just the main two companions for the first two acts anyway. Uh, I'm going to ask they're the right two to pick from the classic years. I mean, I would love to have seen Katie more, but we've already got a bit of Katie and Sarah Jane adventures. Um, I think Ace is a character that people just love anyway and would love to see more of Ace. And the, Janet Fielding is the surprise of the episode for me. She killed it as Tegan Javanka. Um, Not that she wasn't brilliant anyway, but she was, I think, sublime. I don't know about you guys. Um, I'm a... Right, I, I have to come out of the video. I'm, I'm a new Who watcher. I've watched a few of the classics and I know... I, all the references and stuff, I understood them and all this and that. Like I've stuff in encyclopedias and I've watched Doctor Who like YouTube videos and I've seen all this and that. So it wasn't I wasn't you know I didn't know who these characters were. Uh, they they were I I really liked Ace. I think Ace was very good. Um, I think Tegan was alright. Um, I think obviously like I I've not seen many episodes with her in it. Um, I think the right I don't, I'm not sure if it was just the writing or maybe her, but. She had really, really cheesy dialogue um, and the deliveries weren't perfect all the time, but I, I mean, she was okay. She was all right. Um, but yeah, that's how I view both of them. That's, that's, that's absolutely fine. I'm going to entirely disagree with you on that one, mate. Uh, Tegan is, is a fan, fan or favourite of mine anyway. Um, I think in this one, it could possibly be one of her strongest performances, honestly. Um, uh, we'll get into the scene with, with Davison later on because I think that's going to yeah, be... Yeah, I mean, I would... I mean, I'd flip, I'd flip that totally on its head. Um, obviously, when the two were when the two were announced, um, a lot of the hype was for Sophie and Ace because Ace is a very iconic, very popular companion. She was the last companion of the classic era, so she was the one that kind of carried through into the wilderness years, if you like. She was a poster child of all that. She was young and accessible and, and cool for people. She was held as a template for what became the modern companion, wasn't it? What was that? And kind of, um, you know, so she got a lot of the hype when the two of them were revealed. I'm over the moon that actually Janet had a lot more to do last night than Sophie, because when, you know, in terms of the two characters and their circumstances, there's a lot more between Tegan and the Doctor that needs to be covered than there is between Ace and the Doctor, because if you go into the Ace and the Doctor stuff, you have to go into the kind of virgin novels and a lot of expanded media that the vast majority of people watching last night just won't know about. Um, I think that Janet Fielding absolutely smashed it out of the park last night. I think it's she, not entirely to my surprise, she stole the show. 
she, she was the best thing about last night's episode because actually when you when you know the backstory and the kind of um, the guilt and anger that she carried around through certain things never being addressed and that she's carried that around for 40 years last night was a payoff of that and she was absolutely astounding she was beautiful yeah yeah there was there was actual there was depth to tegan um which um i don't think was present with ace um you had a lot more uh like John said, a lot more emotion. Um, there's a lot more baggage. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was extremely well done. I think, yeah, insofar as, uh, you know, at the two, she was certainly the strongest out of the pair and, yeah, very rightly so. Um, she had a yeah. lot more work with. Yeah, and I think as well, like John said, um, Arsha, I know one of your, I wouldn't say your biggest complaints, but your one of your biggest sort of like things that you possibly want to discuss is the, the gap of knowledge between new series fans and classic, and if it is, it's too much. And I know obviously you, know, you were watching it with some people that had no idea what was going on really, but like John said, there is a level of expectation with being able to watch Doctor Who. It's like, for example, the Star Wars films, right? You've seen that if people watch the new trilogy, they should watch the old stuff first. Um, and, the, and you have to watch everything. Like you said, you have a base idea. I think they handled it very well because you kind of got the cliff notes of where they left off, who they are, how they interact, and they just got put in the story. It didn't make it to the exclusion of anyone, though. I think it was a very yeah. quick bullet-pointed way yeah. that it was done, but effective because it's sort of like it didn't dwell on it too long that it alienated anyone who's not familiar with it. Yeah, I think I think it rewarded classic fans without alienating those that aren't so well-versed. So my, I watched this episode with my girlfriend, who's only watched New Who, and I didn't even tell her she's not watched anything classic. And throughout the whole show, she's kind of understood, you know, this and there about when it, when when classic stuff gets mentioned and brought back, you know, it's kind of explained the episode. With this, however, it did take her some time to realize that Tegan and Ace were old companions. I mean, she did, even with the, but um, like it, it did take her some time to kind of understand who they were. Um, so they didn't like. I don't think she was affected that much with them. Being said, uh, even saying that the whole thing with Peter Davidson, which we'll go on to later, and Sylvester McCoy, she found were very sweet, even though she didn't really have any connections with oh. these companions. So she kind of understood them. Um, but I think it was, um, I think, I think it, it is a complaint of me for me in this episode for as a new, no, no, it's not a complaint. It's just a, it's a question of why now is why were they in Jodie's last episode when it should, like I said, it's a great anniversary for the BBC, but I think for Jodie's last episode, these characters were probably not suited for this. But I'm going to argue with you that Jodie's the right doctor to do it with, because Jodie's the one that finds social awkwardness a thing, as she does. John will put, you know, we'll talk about with the regeneration that she wants to do it alone and things like that. Is that I think Jodie's the right person to do this with because she really struggles with social situations. And again, the master plays off that when he goes, "You're going to leave him again, Doctor." And all this sort of stuff. It's part of the pay, you know, the ethos. I think, yeah, I I agree with that. You know, could be this is, you know, it, it's something that we'll come on to when we talk about Thasmin stuff, I don't doubt. But you know, for me, 
this is a doctor who has been more closed off than the vast majority of other doctors. She hasn't shared with her companions. She's kept a lot to herself. She doesn't handle emotional situations well. So to actually have two former incarnations come and address some brutally emotional things with classic companions, I think it gives you a really good contrast in, 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 in terms of, um, I think it gives you a really good contrast in terms of how Yaz in particular is treated compared to other companions. And I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to more on that in terms of the final scenes as well. But yeah, I, I think it, it really works for me as a, as a kind of two sides of the same coin, if you like. Yeah. All right. Let's pick up companions. Let's talk about our, our, you know, one of our companions, Dan Lewis, who who does, you know, I, I'm not gonna say who he exits the story, and I, I'm gonna, Human. I might be in the, I might be in the minority here, but I think it was the right time to go, um, and I mean this in, I don't know what he would have done with the story. Um, I think the bullet train sequence. I know because I wrote in this because I spoke to you last night, Beef, and I know we, we disagree on this. I think the the bullet train sequence was necessary to give Dan an out. I think if you started with Dan just leaving, it wouldn't have made much sense. Uh, I think it was the perfect one. We get nice little nods to him having a date with Diane, who I love that couple, and I'm happy that they got their happy ending and he went on the date. Um, I think it was the right time for him to go, mainly because I'm happy that Yaz got her story with, with you know, as the main companion and just her in the stretch. You know, obviously we had other companions there, but Yaz finally took that assertive role. And if Dan was there, he just would have a distraction. Because at the end of the day, I don't think, this is not a deserved thing, but I think that it was nice that Ace and Tegan got the role. Dan's been a really good side character. I have loved John Bishop in the role. He's not going to be a component that we just throw under the bus. I think everyone unanimously has enjoyed his time, whether they think his character is developed enough or not, is another story. Um, and I'm I'm happy that he got his moment at the end as well. And I think I'm happy he got his happy ending. I think it's nice that he got that. It's also practical because he was touring while they were filming this, so he probably had limited availability at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 I think it was only right that Jody's final episode does have Mandip as the main companion um, without Dan sort of there as a third wheel. Um, and I liked how they did it. I liked that he basically turned around and went, you know what? I've really enjoyed it, but I need to sort my life out. And you've enabled me to do that. And what it also does is it gives you that little bit of foreshadowing that, yeah, again, this is a doctor that doesn't do goodbyes. It's a doctor that doesn't do emotional situations. Yep. And I loved, I, I know it's only a little bit of line, but I, I love the whole uh, texture and the answer is I'll ghost you. Because I think the one thing, I, I, I this is my biggest complaint, one of my biggest complaints with Flux is their lack in their dismiss of Jericho, Professor Jericho, who dies, who obviously spent years with during the during the, the Flux. But with those two, you do see that connection in the next two specials. You see how they have been friends for years. So I think it's actually kind of nice that Yaz gets the final goodbye with Dan. Rather yeah, than I mean, it's, it's worth bearing in mind that Dan essentially, <coughs> Dan essentially isn't the Doctor's companion. He's Yaz's. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that there's that. Yeah. Would I like to have seen more of Dan? Yeah, yeah. Would. Um, I think you could have still had him be Earthbound and providing help from an Earthbound point of view. 
um, so showing up in some other respects um, rather than just like dashing him out of the story too much. I, I just, I just think, yeah, just like, Oh, right. Okay. Thanks. Fuck off. Um, yeah, or, yeah. or replace him with what Bradley Walsh was doing. At least give him something like, cause I think that like bringing Bradley back and him kind of Dan leaving and just bringing Bradley back just was so, I, it was just like, I, 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 if, I think his exit was very quick. It was so quick. Um, I understand why, obviously, because of the train stuff. But I think if they were to get rid of him, they should have got rid of him maybe at the end of Flux or at the end of the, one of the two specials. Um, I mean, I'm glad, like I said, we had Yaz because she really grew on me in this episode. I think she was brilliant. And I, we always needed that too. I think that's what we always needed, Yaz and the Doctor, because that dynamic, I yeah. think, does work. But with someone else, I think it just doesn't, like, you know, I think... Dan being there doesn't really work. But if they were to use him in this episode, he probably should have maybe replaced, you know, um, Bradley Walsh. Was it? Yeah, Graham. Graham's role. Right. Good old Graham. Yeah, I think John might have a point there with the practicality. I think he was touring. Because obviously they were filming yeah. this as the world was, was going touring. back up. He was touring around sort of October, November last year. Right. Um, I mean, it's also worth bearing in mind that from Graham's perspective, when Graham left, he always said, you know, I'm going to defend the earth from down here. So he was always going to stay involved. Um, sort of him and Ryan ostensibly were always going to stay involved. So, so yeah, it seemed right that Graham was involved. I kind of wish he explained how he, how the fuck he ended up on that planet. But I, 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 isn't the volcanoes on earth, isn't it? The volcanoes on earth, isn't it? Yes. I thought Yaz transported him there, but I don't know. That no, the, but how did he get there? How, how did he get um, he just he did didn't. It. He just he, appeared. No, he did it, mate. That's he's he doing how, it, mate. How he does, did it. How does a sixty-one-year-old bus driver with a West Ham scarf and a fucking packed lunchbox end up at the bottom of a volcano? <laughs> Inside a volcano with been playing, no, been no playing a lot of Minecraft. Equipment. Been playing yeah. a lot of Minecraft. It's, it, it, it's a volcano full of Daleks. He's got no <laughs> weapons, and he's at the fucking bottom of it. How many Daleks <laughs> has he gone past to get down there? Um, yeah, that's not, that is a shark jump. But I'm going to admit, okay, at this point, I was riding on the high of the episode, which Chibnall may have been it relying was, on us too at points. But yeah. I, mean, I will say it was worth it for the scenes between Bradders and Sophie because the chemistry between them was great and the way they bounced off each other. And, you know, if I was, if I was Nick Briggs, I'd be sitting there with a blank contract this morning writing off to the producers of the chase saying... Please come and do four box sets with me. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think Graham also being in it as well. When you guys mentioned this being a celebration of Jody, you have to have them in it, I think, because especially yeah. with this being Chibnall's era, is his only doctor, his only set of group of characters. Yeah. It also fits in with his glad, you know, Jody's last quote of nobody ever got to be us. So to have him in it, I think is really good. I like the fact he didn't overshadow oh, Yaz. It was he wasn't in it much. That's the thing. He literally wasn't in it much. It was nice to uh, it was nice to see Tosin as. Oh no, no, that was a floor tile that Ace pulled up off the floor, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, poor Tosin. Um, um, he's a lovely man. Um, got chips though. He's got chips though. Uh, that's what he was doing in this episode. Was, rather than being in Patagonia, where like, <laughs> to my knowledge, chips are not very available. He should have been down the chippy. <laughs> 
<laughs> trying to ride that bike. Yeah, trying to ride that bike. <laughs> yeah, maybe, I mean, again, like maybe, maybe maybe he learned to ride the bike, and so now he's decided to go and ride it through the cycling to Patagonia through the Patagonian rainforest. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, like a bit of rougher terrain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Patagonia. Christ alive. Um, right before we get on to like the main bits we'll talk about in the also and we'll leave cameras on as I said. Let's talk about our villains here. So Cybermen, our shards back, in, but not really, it's a clone of a shard, so it's not really a shard. Uh I thought this one was the only one where I went, all right, I guess. It's like it's the iconography. Like, I love the look of Ashad. And I, like, when I was thinking, I was, I was like, how is Chibnall going to write this around that Ashad's working for the master again? Oh, it's a clone of them. All right, then. I love the Russian doll idea. I thought that was really cool. We're seeing just the one side men open and they all walk through. I Did you hear really... that, was, that was like a gift people were given before the episode, like they were given yeah. boxes. Yeah. And yeah, I was those, just like, what those... does that have to do? And then I was like, yeah. oh, wow, that's why. Yeah, that, those who attended the press screening were given that as... Um, as a gift with their yeah, that's really interesting you know yeah. which which I, I, I like um i've got my problems with chivnal um, but i've 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 loved how he's dealt with the majority of the classic and returning monsters um you know we won't talk about sea devils but in terms of cybermen daleks and sirens he's handled them really really well I love his Cybermen. Yes, the Cybermen's masters are a ridiculous idea and they look camp as fuck. But I I I think he's made them menacing and forceful um when they haven't always been in New Who. They've always, you know, they've yeah. they've maybe played second fiddle to the Daleks a bit too much in New Who. <laughs> something else I liked about this that actually they weren't playing second fiddle to the Daleks in this. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, th- th- this is the thing. I think we, we we said at the time that they got rid of Ashad too quickly, too easily, because the bit where he's bossing through the hallways and he's just literally gunning down yeah. people as he goes through the corridor, um, that it's made the Cybermen sort of good again, yeah. for want of a better term. The Daleks... I don't think you really needed to have them there, if I'm nope. honest. No. That could have been completely all Cybermen and you wouldn't need to have that. I think the only reason they showed up is because it was an anniversary story. That, that's it. And and to sort of like... There, there wasn't really that much cooperation between the three of them to, to a certain huh. degree. Either. Hang on. No, no, no. They looked at each other during that dance. Don't forget about that. You know, that was cooperative. Um, you know, that was that was a moment of camaraderie. Look, I think the Daleks have two reasons. One, so um the bit hundred other rest of BBC, two, so Ace could hit one with baseball bat. Yeah, exactly. That's fair th- um, yeah. <laughs> point. But... I could have complained because Ace using that baseball bat is is the best thing, and yeah, getting you... Graham to get some Nitro 9 is awesome. So I'm not gonna complain. It, it is true, you can't you can't you can't bring back Ace and not bring back the Daleks. Yeah, I don't know. I just um <laughs> I think that I think it was weird bringing Ashad back. Like it was kind of um, obviously they explained it was a clone, and I was just like, okay. But like you said, that scenes where he was walking down those corridors shooting uh, units, so others was like it was cool to see him. Like I did, like I have to say, my standpoint of like one of the things I loved about season twelve was the Lone Cyberman. 
Um, mm-hmm. And even though I didn't like what Chibnall did with um, Ga- Gallifrey, um, I I actually really liked the cyber master. Was it cyber masters? Cyber, Lords? cyber masters. Cyber masters. masters in in this. I I I just think they were. It was it's it a really cool concept. Um, but I have to admit, I just didn't. When I came to the Cybermen, like I can tell they were only there to give Kate and you know Tegan something to do, and then obviously the Daleks were there to you know one yeah. anniversary well, and two Ace to back it with her. But, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, at least the Cybermasters served a bit of a purpose for the plot. Yeah, the Cybermasters did more without than them, the shards, like, but, yeah, yeah. Without them, you don't get the regeneration energy, and yeah. you, you can't resolve that point. So, I, I but yeah, I, I think. I, it would have worked better without Daleks, but I can understand why they were there and, and why you have to have them there. I think, um, I just have to say about this episode, I think, because a lot of it had to do with some of the Cybermen stuff as well. Um, I think visually and the shot types and everything that they had for this episode is generally some of the best stuff I've seen in New Who. Like, and vis- like CGI-wise, visually as well. Honestly, up there with Day of the Doctor as like, visually like cgi with like really good for me there were a couple of bits that were clunky um yeah the, i mean the train scene maybe but i think other than that i i think no there was a bit on the planet there's a bit on the planet where is it the doctor and yaz are looking out across the sort of planet mm. and you can tell it's a green screen you can you can see from a while if it's a green screen it's but it's yeah, compared to what we've had before, it's it's wonderful. But I think that's the difference with Chibnall Who and the production value yeah. of Chibnall Who, that those moments do stand out. Yeah. Whereas previously they wouldn't necessarily have done so. Um, you know, considering that the very end of this was directed by Rachel Talalay, Jamie, Jamie Magnus Stone had a higher bar to kind of get up to. And I think he, I think he, he did so. Yeah. Did, did Rachel did, film? It, did Rachel direct the ending then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tenor. Oh, yeah, I thought I, it was. I thought it was him as well. No, I, I think it may have just been the tenant lines. So it may have just been literally the last thirty seconds. Oh, okay. But yeah, Rachel, Rachel directed certainly the bits with tenant. Right. You know, yeah. Someone who could do mid shots, <laughs> not yeah. close ups. Because there's, oh, of... there's a lot of there's a lot of close ups. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to knock the direction of this episode because I think, generally speaking, with the exception of those one or two bits of CGI that didn't quite work, I think, generally speaking, it it looked fantastic. I think that shot with Ace fly, um, going straight into the TARDIS mm. is amazing. Yeah, it's first, for me, it's the first episode since. Maybe Doc, World of Enough and Time, Doctor Falls, that I sat and watched, and I kind of thought, I wish I was watching this in a fucking cinema. Yeah, I was lucky enough to watch it in cinema, and it was like a cinema room, and it was very, very entertaining. Yeah. Um. Right. Let's quickly let's give about two minutes to this guy because that's all he was in it. Instant Vivinda came back, um, in a very jagged role, and I think John's hit nail on the head that this possibly could have been someone else originally and there to fill a gap, um, because it does feel a bit weird. Yeah. I mean, as we know, the character of Vinda in Flux was essentially a rewrite. It was meant to be somebody else who was in the U.S. 
and couldn't make it across due to COVID, which turned out to be a bit of a blessing in disguise because they also couldn't keep their penis in their trousers uh, while on set, it transpired. Um, that's, that's me and the podcast getting blocked on Twitter. Um, I don't care. But, um, but, but yeah, I, I, I think that possibly that was something that was meant for Tosin and Tosin wasn't available. So they had to rewrite it to bring Vinder in. I wish they yeah. would have kept Tosin just in that pilot seat, just out of the blue, just him riding a spaceship. Just because, because also he would have just yeah blended into the background like he did all the time he was on the yeah. show. To be honest with yeah. you, see, I, I, I would have wanted similar. I would have wanted him crash landing on the planet, but not in a spaceship on a bicycle. On a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he can now ride a bike. That's the art. Oh, but no, I, d- I think Finder had some cool moments. I liked the line, I'm freelance. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But that was about it. I, I, mean, I don't that's know. What, that's what Vinder that's brings you, right? Like, Vinder brings you deniability because he can do things that a companion can't in the same way that Jack kind of could. Mm. I don't know. It was a... Um... I actually completely forgot that Vinda was in this episode until John brought it up at the beginning of the, you know, the whole synopsis of the plot. So I was like, oh, yeah, Vinda was in this as well. Like, I mean, it's just a matter of those things that they needed to kind of tie up, like bring yeah. back, you know, it was a lot of cameos this episode. So it was just one I mean, of those things. It, it, it was basically, I mean, it was also basically Chris just going, let's get somebody else from Broadchurch. <laughs> yeah, boy. If I can make a, a slightly controversial point, and it's not from a point of misogyny as well, but because it, it is a very female centric episode. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest with you, uh, yeah, maybe that's why they put Vinder in. But aside from that, uh, yeah, I had no, I, I had no interest in being there because, as far as I was concerned, oh. his story is arc and finished. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'd have gone the other way and I'd have brought Belle in rather than Vinda because, for me, she's prettier to look at. Yes. Also, also, she's got more of a character. I didn't mind Belle in Flux. Actually. Quite, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, right. I, 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 I wanted to see a flash forward to Belle and Vinda's sort of grown-up child because I was... they, they, they are two hot pieces of ass and that would be one very good-looking human. So with the whole rumours and stuff going around that, Vinder's kid, like you know, there was like theories and stuff that Vinder's kid would turn out to be the doctor. I was very scared about this episode of how much he would be in it. Obviously, I was happy to the end, but I'm not gonna lie, right at the start of the episode, when they opened that like cargo and it was like that kid, I was oh, thinking I think... either that's oh, God, the yeah. timeless child or that is like that's Vinder's that kid, kid or something. Yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was a cool little cameo. I don't think it like I like he he was there to serve a purpose. He didn't do too I much. Mean, I thought it was alright. I mean, Alex, you know what I'm going to say? It was a cool little cameo, but it should have been my boy Carvanista. It would should have been Carvanista. Where was Carvanista? <laughs> uh, Craig Ells was even in Legend still, of the Sea Devils. Still, Why wasn't why wasn't Craig Ells? Clearly, still with Bell. He's probably doing some babysitting. Ah, uh, that's the spin-off I want. Carvinista with the as yeah, and yet I, unborn I, I, child. I want, yeah, at home with at, at home with the Vinders, Bell <laughs> Carvinista, the, the the now born child, and Vinder 
Like, like the Flintstones, you know. It'd be, it'd be like, like Stewie and Brian, but with like <laughs> a sex word tone. You know, it'd be like the Flintstones, you know, like... like. Alex, was it you that showed me the... Um... Bell comes home and goes, Vinda! <laughs> Alex, wasn't it you that showed me, like, you know, it was obviously a fake, but it was the lead, like, yeah, the premier... Dad's, dad's, dad's opposing. Dad's opposing to Carmen Easter, and there was a point of me that I actually believed it for a second, and I was like, no, there's no way... But- Right, I'm going to go on to what I'm going to call the three main pillars of this episode. I'm going to go, I'm actually going to give one of them to, to Amanda Gill. Um, I think she was stunning in this. I start to give her massive congratulations as I realised throughout the episode, she's the only companion in history to actually appear in every single episode of A Doctor's Run. So, you know, fair play to her. Um, Is she not? Because I was told that, so I'm I mean, incorrect. Depending on what you count as A Doctor's Run, from so would you i mean for example if you're not counting a doctor appearing as a flashback or a flash forward and you're not counting an extra episode then i think grace holloway might want to have a word and i would count that for me because i I count the the doctor as canon and i count it as my own little nice little bow tie in the corner but you I, can I, I think it it's it's something i mean i don't get me wrong it's a more worthy example but i think it is something where particularly wilderness years fans mm-hmm. and um those of us that love the eighth doctor would yeah. put a point of order on that's all right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I didn't mean to uh, to rile up the Eighth Doctor fans, um, but I'm going to stick to my oh, point. Don't worry, uh, mate. They're, they're too busy listening to their big finishes to be listening to you. Yeah. It is so, okay, I'll say this. Congratulations to her for being in there the whole run and actually growing. I think there's a lot of complaints about Chibnall characters, and I'll, I'll agree with them, that a lot of characters don't grow. Yaz is certainly one that you can't put there. Um, for me, although the development has been late, I think even midway up to series 12, you could argue she ain't doing much. As soon as uh, I hate to say, as soon as Brad and Tosin left and the kind of space opened up, she would, really shone. Yeah, really. I, would say, I would say congratulations on growing over the last nine episodes. Yes. And yeah. genuinely, um, you know, for me, becoming one of my favourites, um, you know, I think she's been stunning. I think Mandip got what she deserved in this finally a script that she could work with and i think that she was brilliant especially against the one i i like the fact that she was written as like it's a very certain she knew what she was doing she was smart enough to play the master very well um i think that yaz in this story was sublime and my my, mate is up there to steal the show i think i think that it was her best performance um, yeah. by a country mile. Um, I think a large part of that is because actually, yeah, it wasn't such a crowded TARDIS and she had a lot to do because, you know, even Jodie was out of action for for, 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 for fair bits of it. There's, there's an argument that Mandit was the main character in this story yeah. um, because, you know, jo- Jodie was either degenerated or off screen or a hologram or unconscious for fair bits of it. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy that actually she got to go out on a high. Um, I'm maybe not entirely happy with the exit because I'd like to have seen her go on her own terms. 
but I think that I can understand why it wasn't written that way, but I would like to have seen her having met Tegan and Ace gone. Actually, I realise that I can't be with you forever and I'm going to go. Yeah, I'd, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think <coughs> that final bit of agency would have sealed it nicely. Yeah, yeah. it is by far the, the best performance she's given. Yeah. Um, and that I would definitely agree with John's point there being that it being a less crowded thing and the main midsection, your, your second act, is driven by her as an opposing force to dwell. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I um like I've I've um I've never been a really been a big fan of Yaz, um, especially Dasmin, that sort of stuff. I think it was way too late to introduce. Um, but I will admit she she was I really liked her in this. It was kind of like I was finally happy with Yasmin. It was like um this is yeah, it's been a long time coming, but I was I was satisfied and not not lie, I was very scared that like I to I, I was very happy with the way she left, but um for some reason I had like a little part of me that'd be like, oh, she would want to leave. Um and I was worried that I'd be like, I wanna leave because you won't be the same person and I won't like you. So I'm gonna leave now. But glad they didn't go with that. But yeah. Yeah, um I'm I'm happy with the exit. Um, maybe, again, it comes from my, my my love of the era, but I I think I think it was very clear that these two it wasn't it was shown on screen and set on screen. We'll talk about Thasmin in a second, um, but I think it said these two do have a connection and something had to break it. I don't think either of them were going to leave I, each other, and I, this is what I, I just think it's a shame that we finally get to see. Mandrip Mandip has a strong female character in this episode and she does it for 80 minutes and then right at the end they turn her into a bit of a doormat and I yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I just think it I, I don't think it was necessarily intentional because I don't trust Chibnall to maybe have that much of a plan <clears throat> but I but I think that the implications of that are something that he should have sort of noticed. And I mean, I can't, I'm not in a position to speak for other people. I'm not a Thasmin shipper, but I am aware that if there's one group of people that are not fucking happy with how this is resolved, it's your Thassies. Yeah. Um, are, they actually, are they not happy at all? No, God, mate, they, they, they wanted more. They, they oh, wanted, Jesus. I mean, essentially, and you know, I'm 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 not a gay person. I'm I'm you know I'm 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 a, I'm a heterosexual straight man, so I, I I can't speak for my other marginalised groups, but I do know that there is a strong feeling out there today that they've been queer baited. Yeah, that's the sort of issue, isn't it? Of, of... And I don't, I don't think it's something that Chibnall intentionally wanted to do. I think it's just, yeah, we'll tease this. And then right at the end, he bottled it. Yeah, it, I think... It, as, yeah. As, it, as, as always, he didn't stick the landing. Yeah, I think... I don't, I'm not going to speak for... I'm not going to try and speak for him, but for, for, I, could, I can assume in his mind he was going, well, I don't know if they'll be happy if we get that moment and she dies minutes later. So I think he'd written himself yeah. into a corner of... I mean, 
I'm damned if I do and damned if I don't. I mean, and to, to be fair to him, he has said from the outset, from when he took over as showrunner, he has said he does not like Doctor Companion romances and it wasn't something that he intended to do. You know, so it, it, he's stuck with his plan in the end. I'm just aware that it's upset a section of the fandom. Yeah. I don't know, um, I just feel like this episode did have chemistry between the two characters, which is something that's my, like, I, I know some people have seen the chemistry like episodes ago, but it was this episode that really stood out that their chemistry actually kind of worked. And that last time, well, okay, that, that when they were sitting on the TARDIS having their final date, I did kind of, you know, I, I felt like, like, I understand maybe they were like, okay, maybe they were baited, but I, I still felt that, you know, they don't have to, they don't have to kick, like, you know, you can still feel like there's been history and chemistry there. But this is, you know, this I is can understand why people the, are annoyed. I mean, this, this is the issue with the coming it, late, isn't it? This is the. F- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say what went into my head because I'd end up slandering somebody and outing a medical problem. But um, <laughs> but you know what I'm thinking about. Um, yes, I do. But, but um, but I mean, it was pointed out last night slash this morning that Jodie is the only doctor in New Who that has not kissed somebody. True. Yep. Yeah, if 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 we are if we're if we're being frank and honest and talking about Sasmin, um yeah. While it may not have been Chibnall's original intention, right. He he then when it has like gone in for it with yeah the stuff with Dan yeah saying how you feel do you realize and there has been a progression with yeah her character becoming more understanding of the feelings expressing these feelings to the doctor and um you know, people have said that Chris Chibnall is is sort of like a left and you know liberal, but his 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 version of Doctor Who has been more right wing than anything else. And I would, to a certain degree, say he has queer baited because when yeah, now I'm not quite sure on what Janet Fielding and Sophie Aldred's input on it, but if you think about the history of the character, there was a, a, an implied yeah lesbian relationship with Ace. There was an imp- implied lesbian relationship between Nissa and Tegan, but now um, Tegan has two ex-husbands and an adopted kid, and um, basically uh, Ace, is, Ace is picking up... Um, Graham saying, do you say that to a woman on the first day? It's sort of like, mm. how, in a, how in a second? Yeah, so, yeah, th- there's there's a bit of queer bait. I, I believe, is that the right term, queer baiting? Um, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 look, I don't have a dog for, I don't have a dog in this fight. So, yeah, and I can't speak from that perspective because I think, yeah, there has always been a queer element to who and as a identifying representation has always been a massive part of this. And this has paid a lot for a lot of young people. I'm not necessarily some like the, the, the people who were like very vitriolic about it, but like a lot of people who were a lot quiet about it. And it's been a lot of people who have been defending and championed the current show because of that part of it. And it's like you've gone ninety percent of the way, but when it comes to actually like doing it, 
you just back backed away from it. You chickened out of it. You've either got to go all in on it or you don't. And yeah. like you said, <clears throat> then you could have had, like John made that very good, a very good idea or very good point. You're saying, I, yeah, I care about you. And you can still have a moment between them and then saying, yeah, but I, I know I can't do this. And I've got to go for the sake of myself in the same way that dad did at the start of the episode. Yeah. 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 And, and you don't lose any agency to it, and you can't you can't like do something with all the preceding doctors to this point, and then abandon it. So you 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 have really baited it. So you are reaping yeah. what you sell on this. I mean, uh, you look at, I mean, you look at say the queer rep representation in Russell's era. As a gay man, he was writing that a lot stronger. So maybe yeah. maybe you kind of also have to ask yourself. Is Chibnall as a straight man the right person to be writing that? Yeah. Um, or, or, at, or at least bring someone in to help yeah. you deal yeah. with it in the right yeah, way. Get, get, get somebody to come in and look and actually consult and say, this is what you need to be looking at and this is what you need to be doing. This is what makes it real. I mean, Moffat was a straight man and he wrote, I think he wrote Bill quite, I, I know there was, she kept on bringing it up, the fact like, it was kind of like out of the blue sometimes, but like I think that um, like he's like Moffat handled gay characters quite well, like um, you know as well. So I don't yeah, know. I, I think that's fair. Mm. Yeah, I think the issue with this one is it came too late, and then the I think again I've said it. Shut up, John. Stop it. And then the issue is is that he's damned if he did in this one and damned if he didn't because if if they did have a moment and then she died. Is there isn't is I don't know again I'm not the most knowledgeable. Isn't there a term for when the gay couple gets together and then one of them gets it's, killed? It, off? It, it, you're saying it's a very gay trope and everything like that. Yeah. So, but but you have but you have built up this bit where you get ninety percent of the way and everything like that and you expect it and everything like that and I know yeah. John says there's an issue with this iteration of the Doctor and expressing their feelings and everything like that. It's still like, well, yeah, I won't say goodbye. And this is like, oh, well, fuck off then. See ya. And then that's See it. That, there's no actual reticence from the Doctor, like, behind closed doors when the Doctor's on their own that Yaz has gone either. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think what you do get, though, is you do get that honesty from the Doctor that hasn't always been there when she looks at Yaz and she says, I need to do this bit on my own. She's actually very honest with her. She isn't keeping secrets from her. And she's like, I need to do this bit on my own. And my reading of that is that she doesn't want to change in front of Yaz either because she doesn't want to be rejected by Yaz or because she doesn't want her own feelings for Yaz to change in front of her. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot that's unsaid there, and it's almost Jodie keeping her distance for Yaz's own good. I mean, that's I, a really good concept. I, I, just, I just wish that it had been on Yaz's terms. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's get into a more lighter topic. Uh, kind of, it's gonna. I think this is where the tears might come up. Cameos and fun and everything that happened with this. There is some fun. There is some tears to be had. Let's have some fun, Terry. First, uh, like you said, we see the Doctor after she has been 
uh, forced to regenerate by the master on some cliff edge, which reminded me of Avengers Endgame. I'm going to be honest. Um, I was like, is she have to jump off to, to whatever? No, uh, we just see that we see a bunch of doctors sat on a rock. Um, brilliantly, uh, David Bradley's there, Colin Baker's there, Davison's there, McCoy's there, McGann's there in the costume. Um, I, I was, I mean, I've been watching the show since 1985. Colin was my first doctor, and I was okay until I saw Colin. Unfortunately, Colin comes up after about 30 seconds, so I cried through the entire fucking scene. Yeah. Um, really good. <laughs> yeah, no, mate. I did entirely get it. I was getting I was it's one of those things where we'll get to the bit where I started crying yeah, later on. Um, but yeah, it's it's really well done. The back and forth. It's good to see that they, although they were never, they never shared a scene together in the traditional sense. You still had the back and forth between them. I think it's a really smart way of bringing them in. I don't think it ever. What felt- do you mean the five-ish doctors as canon? Isn't it? Oh no. They. I saw. I saw a meme today. They're like, they finally did it. They finally got. They- well, I mean, I mean, don't forget. You know, this is probably why they did it. This is giving. Yeah. The, this is giving the guys that yeah. didn't get a crack of the whip in the 50th ago. Yeah, this was... I feel like this is why they're doing this now. Like, they, like I feel like this is very class... This episode is very classic heavy, and mm-hmm. that's fine. But I understand why. is because the 60th revolved around New Who, and the 50th revolves around New Who, but this revolved around classic. Like, I mean, there are, there are going to be some elements of classic in the 60th. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they, yeah, they will. But like, it'll focus more on New Who, probably. But, yeah. It will. It will be more about a celebration of David hmm. and Catherine. I'm still hopeful that Billy might show up at some point. You never know. You know who I'm waiting for. But she's busy, very. She's very busy. Um, yeah, Alex can't wait for um, for a return of Adam Mitchell. Oh, shut <laughs> up! It, 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 it takes away from the sixtieth the burden, which I would I would expect as a writer is very hard to say. Well, I've got to do a multi doctor special. Yeah, yeah, and introduce a new doctor at the yeah. same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this was perfect. Uh, I, I mean, I was I was shot down immediately. By Reese, when I was watching this, but I was saying, Megan in the costume is that a little flake to potentially go? He still looks good in it. He can still go. Let's give him a run. I think it's a li- I think it's a little bit of a also a nod to the fans because he's the one that sort of has has been the, the square peg with the round hole. Because also, he wasn't there, was he? He wasn't there on set. It was only his face they used. Um, it, was, it was only. They, I think so. Yeah. yeah. It was only his face that they used. The yeah. rest was someone wearing the costume. Yeah. But yeah, because he's always been like TV movie. It hasn't always fit within the, the obviously the TV show type of stuff. So he's always been like outside of it. So he can always be the outlier, and yeah. I I like that. I think that's more of like an in joke for the fans that he's um, not wearing the cosies. Russell is all about building a universe and he said that all along it wouldn't surprise me if we do get a McGann spin-off run um there's a part of me and you know there are certain tenant fans that would shoot me for saying it there's a part of me that would have loved to have actually seen McGann be the 60th yeah um, and and like have these three specials because 
unlike everybody else, he only looks about five years older than he did 30 years ago. Um, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I think there's something to run with, with McGann potentially. Um, and a lot of it will come down to fan reaction. And the biggest fan reaction from last night with the Doctors seems to be McGann. And it's yeah. the first time McGann's filled, been in a full-length TV episode. <laughs> yeah! I mean, David Bradley <laughs> was, I think, very shocking to me. I really didn't expect him to see that. I mean, I heard rumours that the... Um, actually, McGann, I didn't hear rumours about that, but I heard rumours about Sylvester um, Davidson and uh, Colin Baker, Baker that they would be in the episode, but I didn't know anything about Brad, um, David Bradley, Bradley. or um, McGann, and they were, it was really Wait. nice seeing them again. I'd heard McGann, but I'd heard it was a voice appearance. So to actually see his face was uh, very nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's get into the, the more interesting moments. So a couple of the doctors got more to do than others for the right reasons. Uh, obviously, like Johnson in his explanation, uh, Jody uh, very blatantly uh, later on goes, oh, I've hit you with static shock. Uh, um, and that essentially allows this hologram version of Jody, which has been with Mandip, that story, to... Uh, help the other companions as well and uh, we get some wonderful moments we first see peter davison uh version of the doctor go to tegan uh in a tremendous scene um i love the line of um the cyberman in here you know what i must be thinking and all davison has to say is one word and that one word is adric and as he says that the hologram fades and it becomes him actually in the room which is a lovely visual connotation as well, which only picked up on rewatch. And that back and forth between them is incredible. I loved as well, we got a bit of an add on of those. I never forgot you, I never forget anyone. You can do this. It's sort of that get up and go. I'm happy it was him. But I like happy. I liked that they started with a joke as well. Yeah. Because she looks at him and she says, You look the same but different. And he's well, so do you. And it's, 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 you know the fact that they're both forty years older. I, I, I think I, I love that they reference that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the minute Adric got mentioned, I went, and then you got Braveheart Tegan, and um, Beef can probably do this justice more than me because you watched the Davison era first. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the Doctor that I grew up with and pretty much when I started watching the show. So, uh, yeah, it's a, a massive significance thing. It sort of plays, it encapsulates the relationship that there always was professionally, you know, on screen between Tegan and the Doctor, the personal relationship that they have off screen between Janet Fielding and Peter Davison, um, and the, the charm comes through. Um to give you an idea, you know, I, I think what makes it absolutely, you know, rings it really true as well, is that, you know, Tegan hasn't appeared on screen for the best part of getting on for nearly 40, well, no, not as long as 40, nearly 40 years. Um, and both of, you know, Davidson obviously came back during Time Crash, but... It's like no time has passed. They have just picked up the beats of these characters straight away. And it is, it's it's beautifully done um, to have one word undercut, 
you know, first of all, you see the vulnerable side to Tekin because up until that point, you've only really seen the the, the bullshit aspect of it. And then you cut to something that is that, and the whole part is just underplayed with one word, which is Adric, which is something that the fans have always said has never been addressed because it has been like 40 years since that happened. The first time a, ca- a, a companion, yeah, a proper companion has actually died um so it it, it was a a very significant thing and it was beautifully done um so yeah yeah it 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 did it really it really hit you in the the remember berries Uh, uh, yeah yeah that's for sure and i think that's what you know those ones were meant to do and the nostalgia elements super super yeah we also got one as well with um the pairing of uh, ace and uh, the professor, we finally get um, Silk kind of a good ace, and I love it. And uh, you know, we get we get a lovely bit where he goes, "I never, I never said that you shouldn't blow things up, but you should always look for another avenue before that." Because I think it also shows the layers of their relationship. Because anyone that's seen those two together for those two amazing seasons of Classic Who, it was always a like not a doctor companion. It was always a professor student type relationship where the doctor was always teaching her things rather than she was just running around going on adventure with the doctor. She was learning from the doctor. So for them that to finally come together, I thought was really cool. Hey, did you feel? And you know, I'm asking this as a general, genuine question. Like, I mean, I, I have a little bit of an idea of how the Doctor and Ace's relationship ends. Because obviously it doesn't end on screen, it ends in the novels. Did you feel in any way kind of left out by the fact that they're referencing this? Or do you feel that actually they covered that quite nicely and you didn't need to know more? I think think nice enough because I think... You know that time has passed. I think obviously when we pick up in the TV movie, he's not with her anymore. And I think that you can like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to be said about the unspoken thing. Like there's enough. I think Sophie, although she may not have as much emotional stuff to chew on in this story, she's very good at how she uses her words in what emotions she's telling. Although there might not be much expression. You can tell in the way she delivers lines, how she feels and oh. i think ace is very much more forgiving as we find out in that scene so as soon as jody's back in it she's back in the avenger she's calling jody professor she's loving it um i think you can tell that there's always been that love there despite that disconnection somewhere wherever it's happened yeah i'm, I'm just i'm just wondering if it's gonna significantly increase the value of the 35 virgin new adventures that i've got sat in a box next to me at the moment <laughs> working my way through <laughs> <laughs> Find out. Um, Find yeah. out why the Doctor and Ace fell apart. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd, I'd... these scenes were obviously. I I never. I think I did watch because I remember. I remember I watched that episode where Adric died. So I'm taking was yeah. So yeah, that's the one. Um, I like. I used to watch them on like watch back in the day when they were just on. But I remember that because I remember Adric, but Adric, but Adric, but um. Uh, no, I even though you know these, I didn't have the chemistry between the two. It was really nice seeing them, um, and like a lot alongside with the cameos. I feel like, uh, I feel like to sum up this episode, I don't know if you've watched it or anything, but I told Alex, Alex, if, I know you haven't watched this, but this episode for me is an equivalent of the Book of Boba Fett, which is a lot of good, a lot of cameos, and a lot of references, and a lot of 
good cameos and all that, but the storyline sadly isn't brilliant. But yeah, that's how I really summed up this episode. Because even though the cameos are good, uh, I don't think the plot could have saved it. But yeah. Sweet. I think that's a fair enough assessment. I mean, I mean, I don't know specifically what you're referencing. On, you know, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but no, no, it's fine because other people will. A lot of people did watch that. Yeah. I just want a few more. I didn't. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I wanted to leave the last bit of the review to talk about Jodie because I think it's only fair. I think in terms of the cameos, do we not also need to just talk about the group scene at the end? Oh, yeah. uh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna quickly leave that the regeneration kind of area. We can do, we can do that I, now. I think it's a good idea to cover that in its own right because it, it, yeah, you don't, that way you're doing Jody justice by talking Jody at the end. Sweet, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, as John said, as love synopsis, we get a kind of companions, I don't, a support group kind of chat, um, and we get a few people there. <laughs> we get, we get the establishment from the episode, so we do get um, Dan Graham, Yaz. Kate Stewart's there as well, Tegan and Ace. Uh, but we do get a few surprises in there. We get the return of Manly Bush, who somehow got off that planet from Dragonfire. Somehow. Um, oh, well, I mean, we know how she got off the planet in Dragonfire. We just don't know how she got back to Earth after travelling with Glitz. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, we also get the return of Katie Manning as Joe hey. Grant in a, in a wonderful moment. Um, and my, we also... my, my favourite moment of the entire episode was hearing that laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that laugh that you we can all tell that a mile off, yeah. Yeah, that literally we I, I mean, obviously we, there was like you said before there was a, a large chunk of us knew it should be in it, but you could as soon as we heard that laugh, we went, yeah. Kate, 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 Kate is a, a close personal friend of the group. Yeah, <laughs> we, I really we, don't we, know why it's taken this long to do something like that in the show because I feel like it's such such a good content. Like it's very like I love that. Even though but, you know, I've you I've think, not really seen anything with Bonnie Langford or Ian, and I was like, "Whoa, it's them!" It was really I, good. And then you get the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Ian, uh, come, Ian coming back. Um, wow, this one got you in the fields. Um, the Guinness World Record holding William Russell, who, as of last night probably holds the world record for the longest gap between playing the same character on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a tremendous little thing, the people were discussing their adventures with the Doctor, especially our, our new companions, and he just goes wonderfully, sorry, did you say she? Um, and, it's, <laughs> and it's a perfect, because like I think it's what John, you said this wonderfully yesterday to me on Zoom. He doesn't understand the concept generation. He's never seen one. Yeah, so not only yeah. is talking about these new faces a bizarre concept, but also the concepts in general is, is just a, a strange yeah. thing to him. It's, 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 you know, I mean, he was effectively kidnapped. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I loved that. <clears throat> I loved the fact that there was an empty chair um, I've seen a few theories of that. The one, the one that I like is that it was there to represent everybody who couldn't be there, oh, not yeah. just in terms of companions, but in terms of fans and viewers and friends that we've lost along the way, I, I, which I think was beautiful. Was um, there a photo frame on that chair? Because I've seen it was a laptop. It was a laptop. It was a laptop, right? Yeah, there, there, there was a laptop. Because I thought that it would have been a photo frame and they may, might have cut that in the edit or something and they would have uh, showed that. The no. laptop, so it could have been uh, it, it's available for any, anybody to zoom in. So Martha could zoom in, Ryan could zoom in, could be anyone. 
I did um, wish we saw some, like, maybe someone from like, you know, maybe I was expecting maybe someone like Martha or even to represent someone like Liz Sladen, like Luke or Rani or someone like that. It would have been, it would have been quite nice. I think, you've got, I think that's why you got the Croydon reference. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, that Croydon reference, I, I think was, was the homage to Liz. I, I think they deliberately left this ambiguous because you can take your own from it. It could, so some people would say, actually, that's there for, for, for Sarah Jane. Some people would say that's there for Debbie Watling. Mm. You know, some people would say it's there for Michael Craze. It's there for, uh, for Jacqueline Hill. It's there for every companion that we've lost. Or Ryan, because um, he's still I mean, cycling somewhere. I don't, yeah, know. or Ryan, or, or or somebody who was due to appear, but apparently was otherwise engaged that way, get that day gardening. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it's, it's down yeah. to the viewer to fill the chair yeah. with whoever they I, see. I, <laughs> you know, my, my personal little headcanon of it is that it's there as a representation for all of us. Yeah. For, you know, because we've all been fans of this show for a long time we all know people that we've lost that have been fans of this show that we got to know through this show mm. and I, I you know for me that chair means what you want it to i, w- yeah. I was expecting to see elton from uh, love of monsters <laughs> just around that but with i think the uh, uh, with the pavement <laughs> slab. <laughs> but i think a, a, a maybe a talk about the doctor will you know yeah. in a, a chat will kind of give him trauma so yeah. i'm glad he wasn't there I mean, but for me, what what the group, an idea that I came up with earlier, I think that actually the group is something that Graham has specifically set up Mm. to support Yaz. Yeah. Because he goes in and it's clear that it's the first meeting because they're doing the introductions and stuff. But he goes in and he says, I was thinking about this, that and the other. But it's like, then why didn't you set this up years ago? Yeah. But Graham is somebody who knows what it is like to lose a loved one and grieve, mm. knows the way that Yaz feels about the Doctor. I think he has specifically set that up to support Yaz through the process of moving on. Yeah. I also like as well that, that one shot at the start paralleled them when you fell to Earth at the end. But this yeah. is sort of an optimism. Bit. Whereas that was a, obviously a very sad bit with Grace. So optimistic thing because I don't know how I'm going to talk about this and like that. I'm um, also the fact that this scene allows us to have a couple minutes of Bradley Walsh and John Bishop, the two funny men of the era, have a little bit of a back and forth, however brief it is. Uh, yeah, this man, I could say, uh, Jay, John, it, it, I mean, I think any who fan or whoever will get a lot of this scene, but I think it represents us as well. It just as people, we. We, we sit on Zooms, we, we could sit in chairs, we could talk about the Doctor. It felt like they became us for a bit as well. It was a really nice moment. I'd, I'd been gone for about five minutes by this point and I just kept going. Yeah. You know, because it, it's, 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 yeah, it was there for the fans. It was absolutely, it represents us. It represents people that sit around and talk about the Doctor's adventures. Yeah. Absolutely. And speaking of the Doctor's adventures, unfortunately, uh, for, for, for one of my favourites, this this was her last. Um, obviously, this represents Jodie Whittaker's last story, who I think smashed it. And this might be coming from a place of love, and I might be biased, but I think she knocked it out of the park. Does she get sidelined technically within the story? Yeah. But is she still in it? Absolutely. And that's the important thing. 
you know what, you know what, Alex? Yes, you were always going to love it. Yes, you were biased. But for once, that doesn't matter. You're this, allowed to. This, yeah. this is this is this is your doctor's regeneration story. If like this was for you, so what? What you and this is the only time I'm ever going to say this to you on this fucking podcast. But for once, what you think is actually more important than what anybody else thinks, because yeah. you're the demographic of this episode. I'll try. I'll try, I'll try not to cry. Um, I'll try and get through as much as I can. Um, I said this. I said. I said. I said this last night. This this era her uh, represents more to me than just the show, because through this era of the show. I've met some of the best friends and people I would call family and people that I love so much. And it's been such a difficult time for being from a pandemic to moving to an entirely different city by myself. And I've loved it all. And I, I, I really like her. Like she, so I, the reason I've latched on to Jodie is because she is the exact character that I needed at that exact point in my life. Somebody who would bring the joy without any kind of, you know, pessimism every time that i need an optimistic kind of lift me up i could go any jody episode because she was always there she was always happy through the dark times you know she was always the one that would bring the light in every kind of situation was the show always the best no but one thing i will say is i think for me her performance always shone um and i will miss her i will i not only as the doctor but as the figurehead of this show i cannot fault her one bit she had to be the doctor at the time. It was the most difficult time to be the doctor. There were a pandemic where nothing could happen and she was still there. She was still doing stuff for this show. And for that, I cannot fault her. I will still remember in the early days of the pandemic where she was in that, at that you know, what was she in, like a closet? Saying she was covered, hiding from the Sontarans, which is incredible. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved all of this. I loved the regeneration. I love the last bit on the TARDIS. I get it's not a big grand speech, but I think we've had enough of big grand speeches. And actually for this one to be a bit more quiet was quite nice. And I love the way she said it to you guys. Nobody got to be us. I've loved every second of it because there's every point of a regeneration where the, you kind of feel like it's not the doctor talking anymore. It's the actor. And I've always loved that element. And well, I, I like- thought she was shit. No, 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 no. I know I'm kidding. No, 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 kidding. No, I've, I've, I've. In there's, there's a lot of part. There's a part of me that has enjoyed this era. Like in a way, it's, it's divided the fans a lot. I will, yeah, it's divided the fans a lot. And I've not been a fan, a big fan, of Chibnall. I've not been a big fan of Jodie. But I think in this episode, you're right. She did. I think she did deliver her best performance i think and you were right she didn't need it i think her final words on that cliff was just it just sums her up i think honestly like the last 10 minutes will go down as some somewhat if not one of my favorite moments of doctor who yeah it was just brilliant i i love the whole i I mean i'm gonna be honest i think tag you're it uh, might be one of my favourite last lines of any doctor. Yeah. It just sums her up. Yeah, a big overblown speech would have felt incredibly out of character. Mm. Um, but I, I, I think that those lines, something playful and optimistic, you know, something playful and a little childlike and optimistic and excited 
of the future, I think was it it was just perfect. And I would not be the third Doctor Stan that I am if I didn't point out that as she steps out of the TARDIS, she says that it's the blossomiest blossom she's ever smelled. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, she's and- been a wonderful ambassador for this television show. Um, any issues that I've had with this era have not been with her. Um, when yeah, it, yeah, when you meet her, I would love so, Russell to revive her yeah, in when, some way. When you meet her, she is an absolute ray of light. She's one of the most welcoming, relaxed, friendly people you can possibly meet. Um, you know, and I love it a bit, and yeah, I'm gonna miss her. And I'm just very happy that she went out on a high. Yeah. And tremendously. And I think, like I said, I think it's going to be one of my favourite regenerations because I think it's nice that, because the thing is, apart from parting of the ways, which by the way, I think I said this yesterday on you guys on Zoom, I think there's only two regeneration stories for me that are legitimately good in the modern era, which is parting of the ways in this one. I know I love Time of the Doctor, but I will say it has its flaws, and I will always stick to the Doctor Forged in Capaldi's last one because it's brilliant and nothing will be able to top it. But I love the fact that in her regeneration, kind of, she got to spend well, it with a companion. Because Day of the Doctor is technically a regeneration story. Okay, sure. <laughs> that one's good. But um, that one's good. I can't lie. I think it came like, it was in our top 10, wasn't it? I'm not going to. It, it was, it was. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, um, I like that she got to share it with a companion because yes, the first, because the Eccles, the Eccleston one was obviously explaining regeneration, whereas this time we didn't need to do that. The Clara one was changing over to a new guard in Capaldi and an entirely different doctor. So there was elements of it. The show won't change, and it didn't change. Uh, thankfully, Capaldi was uh, sensational. This time we just got able to have a conversation between two people that cared about each other a lot, and I, I valued that really highly. And like you say, John, there is nothing better than her getting those last few moments on her own. Um, I think it's so of the character. I, I didn't think of it on that level that you did early on when you mentioned about, oh, maybe she didn't want Yaz to see her as someone else. And maybe that those thoughts would go. Um, and we get to the cliff edge and we get to regenerate with Tag it, and in comes her friend, David Tennant. Um, in, in introducing David Tennant as the Doctor. Yeah, as, as, as if none of us have ever heard of him anymore before. The fact <laughs> that I have to wait a year and a month for this bloody stuff to come back, I was I was gutted because yeah. I heard all this stuff about all it coming back, and you know throughout the year. But no, three yeah, specials in November. Mate and mine were saying this earlier, but we got to think about it, right? Series 14 starts shooting next month. We're going to have costume reveals. We're going to have companion reveals. There's going to be a lot drip fed to us over the coming year, both about the 60th and about what's to come with shooting. Um, You know, because it's Russell and Russell is all about the promotion and and putting stuff out there. Um, So, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot to keep us occupied over the coming year. Um, 
I can't wait to see what's to come. No Christmas and New Year's though. Yeah. That's a that's something no, I'm sad about. When when but when then, fully... but then thinking about it, having three 60th anniversary specials that are likely going to be linked by a narrative. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Going together is a good idea. I I, I think yeah. separating the months apart only works if you've got three separate episodes and I'm pretty sure that these are going to be linked by a narrative. Yeah, I will get into our theories of what could come quickly at the end. Um, I do want to say that I think this is meant to be, a, I think it might be just a, a me thing, but um, I was thinking as well, Russell was very adamant on giving Jodie her time. I think he wouldn't have wanted to come straight in because if you think about it, if he had a Christmas or New Year's, he would be promoting the shit out of that already. So the, like the week after... Jody goes if he's already promoting the new stuff instantly. I don't think he would have wanted to do that. He was from the off of when he got announced. He was like, "I want to give Jody her time. I want this to be her time." So to have a little gap as well, I think is there's a brilliant ninety-minute episode coming out soon. And I'd say he didn't he didn't bullshit. Um, in my humble opinion. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, before. Uh, obviously, we get David Hunt saying those iconic words about the teeth, the what, what, what. But they're interestingly. The costume change, which could be something I want to discuss at the in our potential 60th thoughts and theories. Um, but quickly, guys, let's do scores on the doors and wrap up. Um, oh shit! Yeah, okay. you can just make up a number, mate. It's, yeah, it's not sure. very, not very. No, still that's right. But just... Beef, I want to, I want to go to you first because this is genuinely not. This is not, not a blight on you. But this is the first. I think it's one of the only times that um, we've had a Whitaker review with you on it, and you've actually seemed to take more positive things than negative, which is not me trying to have a go. It's just observation. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no the, the, I, I, the acting has never been an issue with me, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. The reason being is, A, the nostalgia, B, the performances. I do feel... Um, the, the, the queer baiting thing was a, was a big issue for me, to be honest with you, that they never finished off with it. They The timeless child thing never got addressed. The flux thing is just dangling about. It left so many... It, it sort of... Chris Chibnall has basically has been the biggest drag down for this because he will start an idea and abandon it. And that's been a problem with not just stories, it's been a problem with arcs, it's been a problem with characters that has run throughout his tenure. Um, and th that's that's why I haven't scored this episode higher. There were issues that I found with this episode specifically with regards to some like the green screen special effects and some of the camera stuff. I would have liked it to have been less complicated to spend more time on the character stuff that I feel would have served it better and perhaps served the doctor better to address the master doctor relationship from the doctor's side because that's never really been touched upon and was just left hanging. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I was pleased and I had fun with it. And if I can come away from a Christian episode and say I have fun, well then that's the sort of, that's, that's, that's the best thumbs up I can sort of give. And yeah, that's it. Way for the future now. Cool. Uh, John, next up, Ian, mate. 
Um, I don't know what you could score this. Um, I, normally I've got an idea. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where you'll pop this. Hmm. I'm interested to know what you what you would have predicted now. Um, oh, I've got an idea, but uh, yeah, should well, I say it? it? No, keep it in your head and tell me after I've tell me after I've done it. Uh, um, as yourself and well-established listeners of this podcast, uh, pod, podcast series, um, will know. Um, I've got a little bit of a rule in that. I can only give something 10 out of 10 if I consider it to be perfect. Um, you know, because then you're saying that actually that can't be improved on. Um, it's something that I've always stuck to. It's, 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 it's you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a sort of OCD nerdy thing. It's just like, well, 10 out of 10 means you're saying that's perfect. This wasn't perfect. There were some issues once or twice with the CGI, there were some issues in terms of the plot and too much going on. Um, then I think about how this made me felt. I think about how this made me feel last night. I think about how I felt at points over the last four years, being a fan, being quite an active online fan getting abuse for some of the views that I've had. And I sat there last night and I was like, you know what? It's almost been fucking worth it to see this. So probably the only time I'm ever going to do this, I'm going to break my rule and this gets 10 out of 10 from me. Well, I was wrong. Um, What do you think I would go? Uh, I was thinking. I was thinking we were going to go an eight. Okay. I think I was thinking eight. Um, right, Ash, have you had enough time to think of a score? If you had asked me first watch when I saw this, my initial thoughts was this was Chibnall having a wank, and this is what he made, and yeah. it was just a lot of fan stuff and all this and that. But you know, after second watch. No, first off, yeah, first watch, I would have given it a four, maybe five. But with how much I I liked a lot more the second time watching it, um, and even though I do have problems, I still that last 10 minutes will always stick to me as a really good moment in the show's history. And because of that, I will give it a 6.57 out of 10. Fair, fair. I... I don't think I need to say, do I? I'm going to give it a 10. And I rarely give 10s. I've only given 10s to a few stories, Vincent the Doctor being one of them. I think there's maybe six or seven 10s out of 10s on that spreadsheet. Um, we do know. Punch up, being another. Being another one, yeah. <laughs> but but no, this for me gets yeah, a 10. Yeah. For well, kind of the reasons. Esteemed company. <laughs> it's rare that me and John can say this to a, to a T, right? But I absolutely, everything that John just said, it's the same thing for me. There are issues yeah. with it. I don't think it's perfectly written, but how it made me feel, what it did for me, it has to get a 10 because I've never had a moment watching Doctor Who and feeling like that. And yeah. yeah. I'm not sure I've ever felt happier being a Doctor Who fan 
than I did at the end of that last night because I went online and people were almost united in their love of it. Yes, there were some that weren't fans, fair enough, but generally speaking, people were united over it. Yeah, exactly. And it was good to see throughout the day as well. The thank you, Jody hashtag going on Twitter as well is a nice little, nice little bow. There's um, that, or oh, was it not my doctor stuff going on at the moment though? There's always going to be, isn't there? Um, oh, yeah. no, well, what you see, not my doctor has evolved. So we're now getting people saying that Tenant is not their doctor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's all kicking off. Um, yeah, it's, all, it's sort of confusing. But yeah, so there you go. That's the wrap up on this one. We're now going to be discussing quickly 60s stuff. So at the end of this, uh, we go, we see Tennant. He's back in a different costume. His costume changed over a generation. Now, isn't that a bit weird? Uh, I personally think this is, is the work of a certain Neil Patrick Harris as a yes. celestial toy maker manipulating certain things. I don't know why he specific. I don't think he specifically needs Tennant. I think he specifically needs Donna. I don't know why. I just think it might be the case because what there has to be a reason the toy maker chose this specific face, this yes, specific attitude. Obviously, I think although it's a different incarnation, as Russell said, this is the fourteenth Doctor. I do think we're going to see a lot of the same tenant mannerisms in a sense. I think they will have maybe a darker side and a more knowledgeable side and what have you. But I think we will get a lot of the tenant, the tenant best bits, if you like. Um, but. Mm. I think we'll see a markedly different performance because what we need to bear in mind is that this isn't the 10th Doctor, this is the 14th Doctor. This is a Doctor who knows that he didn't use the moment. And the impact that that had on 9 and 10, you cannot underestimate. Now he knows. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, obviously, I agree with you, John, that you mentioned earlier. I think this will be a three connected specials kind of trilogy, uh, work, um, with a bit with a bit of sixtieth fan uh, stuff. Yeah, going on. I mean, you don't get Neil Patrick Harris in for ten minutes. No, um, I can see the the I can see there being an overarching arc. I think that's why they're showing all three episodes together. Um, I mean we're all going to absolutely lose our shit and need to have the hankies ready when Bernard shows up. Up here. Um, yeah, you thought last night was bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. It's David and Catherine together, probably the best chemistry that we've had between a doctor and companion in the new series. Yeah. Um, and at the end of it, we're getting a brilliant exciting fresh new doctor which just from one line of delivery <laughs> or, I'm, or, I'm already in love with or i was it shocked end? i was very shocked to see him in that trailer i don't think it's the end of the specials where we see shitty gatwa pop up and i'll t- this is just a, a d- it might be the dumbest thing i've ever said in but she- the fact that he stood there in tenant's tattered costume Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because Shuti Gatwal goes, what the hell is going on here? Which means he hasn't regenerated knowingly or he's confused as to why he is where he is or what's happening. So uh, if it is toy maker manipul- manipulation, we might be seeing a bit of a flip. I think we'll yep. see more of Shuti in these specials than just at the end. That is, 
Yeah, I think so. A, it's based on a very small. I think the press. I, mean, I, I think that's possible, but in terms of like his availability for filming, I don't know. I think that the, I think that he won't. I think that he will pop up randomly throughout it, but at the same time, because I doubt they would have filmed the end of it all now. Like I know they're shooting for season fourteen next week, but this is coming out in a year's I mean, time. These special, these specials are wrapped. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Are they? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay, never mind that. Um, but no, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, clearly, clearly, Shooty has shot something, sort of, under wraps, if you like, because the whole thing was. He's not starting filming until next month, and he's been doing sex education. Um, I, I'm wondering if Russell announced him back in May, just before they started filming the specials, because of a fear of it leaking at some point. So, yeah, him having an involvement in the specials. I mean, how, helpful. how does well supposedly. If Matt Smith are in these, I want to know how he ties into. Please don't these. don't tempt me. I I was thinking it was going to be this one. It wasn't. I'm in pain. Um, I want to see my Matt. I, I told everyone when Dave Tempt was announced. I was like, this is really cool for me. I'm not going to take it when people. I mean, I was expecting um, them to do. Sorry, sorry, Alex. I was expecting. You know, when all the doctors were in this episode, I was generally yeah. tempting. They were going to do something like that, but then I was like, they're way too busy with other stuff. Like they would get. Yeah, you know, and I thought, oh, they could have Tennant because he's in it, but I was like, that would just confuse. That would yeah, just there would be no point showing him there and then at the end as well. I'm still holding out hope we might get a little something from Matt Smith, but that's just the inner fanboy me and it being the 60th that if you're going to do it, it'd be now. No, I you should, you, should, you should watch House of the Dragon instead. You get to see his bum. Yeah, I know. I've been told. I've been told you see a bit more than just his bum, but you um, do. It's blurry. But yeah, you do. Um. But yeah, no, I'm excited for this new era. I think the more I see of it, the more I, I like it. I was very sort of, I think uh, this is going to be weird. I don't mean this like literally because that's not the case, but I think part of my brain was a bit jealous of when Tennant and Donna was announced because everyone was like, oh, the nostalgia. And I didn't get that, right? It wasn't that I was like, oh, this is shit. Because I didn't think that either at the time it was announced. I was never against it. I just was like, oh, it's not my era. But the more I save it, the more I'm like, hmm, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be three episodes from 2008, just put in 2020. Something yeah. is happening here. Something is different. Um, I'm happy that this is the 14th Doctor. I'm happy we didn't get some degeneration because that would have been really weird. Um, although I'm happy that RTD is having some bants on Instagram, <laughs> giving no shits. Um, I but, think, um, like, like we've said before as well, Russell T Davies is... Um, is a very different writer to the guy that did the show back in the day. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like John says, this is a different doctor. So although the the uh, the casing is the same, the software will be different um, in a sort of a bit of a twist around, to be honest with yeah. you. So, and it will probably be a harder edge to it. Yeah, you, you've had... <laughs> Time Lord Victorious and everything like that running during the pandemic on yeah extended media. I, I think you are gonna have a different thing to it. Yeah, it's it's it will be interconnecting. I very much doubt you get Matt Smith. Um, but I think it will be uh, uh, I mean just getting flashes of shooting, I think going through it is gonna be good. 
I think will we see the sort of edge of reality that we had in this episode taken as a concept as to where we see Shooty's incarnation, who knows? But I'm just glad as well that we're sticking with regional accents as well. Yes. Still as well. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna go into it because it's something that was told to me privately by a source, but there is something that I'm expecting from the 60th anniversary to pop up at some point that will actually make me lose my shit, like significantly more than last night did. I'm happy to go into that off air, um, (laughs) but there is something that I'm expecting to happen that will make me completely lose the plot. Um, Yeah, I I think, I don't know, I'm just, I'm very excited for this new, because... Obviously, like I know it's very nostalgic that you know these people are coming back, but you know when I started watching the show, I I watched um, the, my first episode was ever Boomtown, but David Town was my first good episode as well. First good episode yeah. as well. That I think I watched it because it was set down the bay, and I was like, hey, um, but um, no, I um, yeah, I so it's it's really nice seeing David back, and it's especially nice seeing Donna because two thousand eight that was. Like when I say a year of Doctor Who, that was everything. Like everything in my life was Doctor Who, and I'm so excited that that stuff is coming back. But like I said, I'm excited to see what Russell can bring because obviously he's changed since that writer back in the day. And I hope, and I do hope he can finish his stories quite well because I, I I know he's very good at um, setting stuff up and you know all this sort of stuff. And he does it. He he, he finishes stuff off quite well in a lot of his episodes but i think you know you know i hope there's nothing like the end of last of the time or just or like you know all quick and all that and like the dalek control system in jenny's end i hope there's not stuff like that but you know i'm i'm excited i'm excited to see where the show goes i'd love the support group to come back as they welcome a new member wouldn't yeah. that be lovely yeah yeah that would be great. I'm excited to see how they, I don't want to say retcon, because I don't, that always seems like a, a negative term to me. But I'm interested to see what they do with Donna's character and how she's allowed to move. Is that the toy maker? Again, I'm thinking that, that if it is, I mean, it's not been announced as toy maker, but yeah. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just pleased that she's still married to Danny Glaze off the bill. Go on. Go on, Donna. Um, you know, I'm excited I'm, to see her back. I'm um, excited to see where Rose goes, as in Rose is in now the. The, the, the daughter because yeah the fact that Russell's come out and announced her as a big character then she must have an probably an impact on maybe where the show's yeah. going as well um I'm most excited to see Rachel Talalay behind the the lens of a Doctor episode <laughs> yeah I mean you don't you don't give a character that name and then have her be a bit part in Doctor Who yeah there's oh, clearly right. something significant going to be going on there yep absolutely. Um, and hopefully, uh, like you say, John, um, we will find some different uh, things out throughout the year um, that we could do more podcasts on, like when things get announced. Will we get a companion announcement? I, I mean, know who. I mean, supposedly, keep your eyes out for the next copy of DWM because it's they're bigging it up significantly and saying it's going to be stellar. Cool. Uh, I know who you mean. You are waiting to hear, hopefully, hear John as the next companion, but we don't know. Uh, we can only hope. Um, yeah, I, I live in hope. I live in hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this one. This one was a bit longer, so it's been away for a while, so it was nice kind of detox, have a nice little chat. 
um, about a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, as always, you can follow John on Twitter at Jumboy underscore Cook. You can follow the Beefhead at uh, Beef at the Beefhead. I messed it up. I suppose I should just shout out your TikTok. That's kind of futile because you've got like a thousand percent more following than I do on it. Is it like two two fifty k? Is it? No, 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 no. A hundred and some hundred. Oh, I've oversold you now. Yeah. That's still pretty impressive. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Arshan GT, isn't it? Arshan.gt, if you want to follow yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah, he, he does a lot of comments, especially about Paddington and La La Crocodile. Any live action film with an animal in it is where oh, you well, go. My last thing I want to add about this next stuff Shooties did not expect a moustache, and David Tennant looks very fucking good. Yeah. Like, he looks very good. But, yeah. I cannot wait. And, Osh, thank you for joining the show for the first time. I'm sure we'll have you back. Uh, you didn't cause any, any shit, so we'll, we'll allow you back in at some point. That's, um, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course, you can you can follow the show at the time as Poddy. Follow me on Twitter for some reason. That's King underscore Dom. Um, and, yeah, normally we would ask for reviews, but I think this one was just too long. And I think... It would have just, I, th- I needed to detox. There was too much time and I wouldn't have time for this one. We'll be back at some point. I'm not going to make a schedule right now. I will go back to weekly at some point. But as I'll show those uni is absolutely chock a block at the minute. There's so much to do. But uh, going into Premier Pro after I've been in days of Premier Pro is not what I want to be doing. Um, so I'll be back at some point, um, whenever that will be. Um, I cannot wait. Thank you guys so much. Take care. We'll see you later. I'll leave you to John to send us off. Good night. God bless. Don't have nightmares. Do sleep well. Tag, you're it.